Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Thank you so much, Stefan. It's um, such a privilege for me to talk about Jesus. And um, um, we also going to do the offering. Hey? Offering. So um, I'm going to share like a testimony <laughs> while we share the offering. So the offering is going to come around. And if you're visiting, don't feel pressure um, yeah, to give. But if this is your house, this is, if this is where you get a lot of your spiritual food, please feel free to obey the word that says... <laughs> that speaks to us about giving. Thank you, Jesus. You give us everything. We give a small bit back because it's just a symbol of our heart saying, it's all yours. It's all from you. It's such a privilege to be here. And so um, I feel very special and honored to have a few um, special friends that are visiting us for the first time. I love you guys. Never chill me, Cliffy. I work. Because a chummy of a chummy is a chummy of mine. That's how it works because there's only one body and there's only one bride that Jesus is coming back for. Did you know? He's not, not coming back for body parts. He's coming back for a bride. And, and, and when we start accusing um, um, other body parts, even if it stunk a biggie because that's the function, sometimes it's like, you know. <sighs> it's still his bride, the one he died for that you are speaking of and that I am speaking of. When we speak of different body parts. That was mahala for you, for free. I've got a question for you guys. I've got a question. Is he worthy? Is, yes, this la- oh yes, doing good, doing good. So last week I was like, people, I'm preaching for you next week. Come ready with your amen. Ne? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you need to go. <laughs> I mean, you're like, warm up that amen. Because I once had this guy, he was preaching somewhere, and he's like, No, people, I am a good old school evangelist. I've got a little tank with petrol. And every time you agree with something in your spirit and you go, yes, amen, it puts petrol in my tank so we can get through this sermon. If you want to stay here the whole night, you keep on not saying amen. And that crowd was like, amen, amen, amen. Um, Not because they wanted to go home, but because um, there is power in agreement. The word says it. There's so much power in agreement that at a stage a few years ago, that people were in agreement who did not love or serve God. They were going so far with the um, touring, with the tower that they were building, that God had to change their languages so that they could stop being in agreement. Because God says where there's unity and agreement, like nothing will be impossible. So how exciting, you guys, that God wants to bring people from death to life, like physically and spiritually and also emotionally, through you and the people in your life. That's what he wants to do. That's his desire. When we pray and go like, Lord, my friend is struggling, whether it's with physical sickness or emotional something, whatever. When we pray and go, God, I just want to come speak life over that person. God is going, oh, yes, you're starting to get my heart for that person. Like, he's so excited. The whole time he's waiting for us to come to him and go, Holy Spirit, this friend of mine is very broken. Otherwise, they wouldn't treat me and everybody the way they do. God, what does the healing look like? How do I pray for that? The Holy Spirit will lead us in all truth. The first um, scripture is John 16, verse 13. ESV, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So, the whole time in your and my life, every day, every night, we've got the option of going, Holy Spirit, would you teach me? Would you show me? 
what to ask for. Because <laughs> I think I need this and this to solve the problem. But you know I need this and that to solve the problem. So Holy Spirit, would you teach me what must I pray for? <laughs> for my healing, for my getting closer to you. Um, and it's so important that we speak to God about us. <laughs> because if my prayer life only consists of praying for other people, I will just burn out and get very offended with God <laughs> and fall away to the wayside. Because firstly, we died so God could know us. How do I know this? In Matthew, it says, people that really walked in authority, that had anointing, that got discipleship, that really walked in authority, will go to him one day and say, Lord, wow, it's so cool, all these people that God delivered. So people, it's so cool how I prophesied in people's businesses that couldn't sell for six years, sold for double the price. Isn't that amazing? And God will say, go away from me, because I never knew you. So yes, good fruits and miracles, it's an outflow of following God and knowing God. But the reason Jesus died is so that you and myself, we could be born again and get reconciled to the Father. And as we keep on pursuing knowing Him, as we keep on pursuing knowing God, the outflow will be amazing things that will change people's lives that will bless them but if we start pursuing an outflow we will burn out be offended and walk away go look god what i've been doing look how i've been serving your house you know it's funny the way i tell it apparently it's funny when sometimes the way i say certain stuff but um when you are struggling with heartache and disappointment year after year and you hold up to him like a little ransom note. Look what I've been lying, laying down for you. Look what this and that and that and that. The enemy comes in and goes, yes, yes, see, I told you God's this, God's that, what, what, what. But we need to go continuously, daily, weekly, seasonally, whenever you remember, just go, God, I want to know you. It's my number one reason I'm here is to know you. You made me so you could know me, and then the sin situation came, and it was separation, and immediately you made a plan. You sent Jesus so that I could be reconciled to know you. So we need to keep on encouraging each other. How's it going with your pursuit of knowing the one who loved you first? Um, because from that place, yes, there's an outflow. Yes, then I can go like, yes, I'll share How's it going with your pursuit of the Lord? No, it's going like this. It's going like that. You can pray for me for this. And then she gives a testimony. I'm like affirming, going, you go, girl. Now you must pray for me in that. Like I need to grow in that area. So we build one another up in knowing God. But then also there's a place for accountability going, okay, cool. So you're pursuing it, but you told me you've got a desire to start small businesses so that other people can get jobs. How's it going with that? So yes, we encourage each other, keep accountability um, with how's it going with your pursuit of Jesus. Thank you, friend. Um, but we mustn't discard the outflow and go, <laughs> thank you, Stephanie. Oh, no, no, no. Fortunately, we're not here for the outflow. It's just knowing Jesus. The word says, if you love me, you will obey me. So from the place of intimacy and knowing him, we start obeying him. But sometimes all I'm saying is, and this little sermon is also from Mahala, um, sometimes when we start pursuing the, the, the fruits of obeying him, instead of knowing him, the enemy is like, yes, I can't distract this one by going, no, pick Satanism, pick me, because it's be like, excuse me, <laughs> wrong box, I'm not, no, I love Jesus. So the enemy's like, how can I get your eyes off of firstly pursuing Jesus? 
Oh, soup kitchen. Oh, worship team. Outreach on the street. Godly outflow, but it's still the outflow. Our pursuit number one is to know him. And from that place, out of a heart that is so excited, because you start getting this revelation of what he's doing in your life. He wants to do it in other people's life. Now you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get to the street because of what he's been doing. I know he wants to do it there. Like you guys, um, I was very broken. Um, growing up, um, suffering like hectically <laughs> with rejection. I wish we had hours. I could give you like a lots of testimonies. Um, but God comes and he heals us. Um, I suffered from depression and standard seven, grade nine. I would walk on the fourth floor of my high school um, to the one class. And I remember looking out the window thinking, if I jump, will I be dead or will people just laugh at me? Will I only be hurt or will I be dead? So in standard eight, when they're like, this child has depression, we go to them. They're like, um, you know, form. Um, thoughts of suicide? No, no, Tony, near. And we go like three questions later, I go, sorry, when I go to the rec class, I think when I jump out, will I be dead or will people laugh at me and I just be hurt severely? Does that count? Yes. Oh, yes, thoughts of suicide. Oh, surprise. Didn't know. But the thing is, God comes and he heals us. He healed me. I was on four years on medication, three times the dosage of when I started, when God completely healed me. I love telling people, I've prayed for people who God has healed. And, um, some of them I've never met because it was over the phone because a testimony played on Radio Pulpit or whatever, and the girl phoned them. They gave a number. They phoned me. So now 22-year-old Marie goes, oh, but let's pray. So now I pray over the phone, and I remember what I said to her apart from praying for her. You need to find a church that has fruits of knowing and loving God because in his community, you will receive healing. A lot of the things that I counsel and equip people with to walk um, in victory over depression is basics in discipleship. Really, like the thought patterns, the um, taking authority, um, um, accountability, uh, grabbing somebody's hand when, when you're struggling. So that's why this woman phones me back a while later going, you're not going to remember me. And I'm like, yes, you, you funny fold. You phoned me over the phone. We prayed. She says, I'm completely healed. And I found a church which you spoke of. I can't remember her name, and I don't know which of the Driuk, but it was the Fall Driuk. It was one of those. But I don't know who she's praying for and handing out the gospel truth. So there's people in your life, God wants to, through you, bring freedom. And the only thing you have to do, you do the possible part. He does the impossible part. Thanks. Now I'm actually 35, but thank you. <laughs> Dan says I look 30. Um, so... So the thing is, sometimes we think God wants the miracle part is going to come through us, but it's the possible part that we do. God does the impossible. So the other day, I walk into my friend's house. She's walking. Um, she's walking with a limp. She's walking with a, a like an ankle guard, and it's swollen like really fat, but like fat, like vex, calf. It was like gone ankle. You're down there, and she's like. Um, no, it's, um, I, f I fell while walking the dogs and there was a ditch. I heard a snapping sound and it was really sore. And I sat there like crying and praying at the same time, laying hands on myself and God is so good. It's so much better. I'm like, no, that's great. I'm very good. Better is good, but let's trust God for healing. So me and her husband and sister, we're all like laying hands on her and pray for her. And long story short, 20 minutes later, she's standing on the foot that was limping going, guys, please stop the conversation. And her sister still goes, yes, let's all 
talk about you because she was like, let's just talk about me, you know, be quiet. And then as we look at her jokingly, she goes, look, she's like standing on one leg. The next day I'm there again for a birthday party and her father, who's 70 plus, his Achilles heel snapped. So um, that cannot regrow. They have to do an operation because he's in his 70s and they start very high underneath your knee. They, nee, doctor, am I lying? You can keep me accountable here. Nee? They need to operate from up here, start hacking um, it, like connecting it. Anyway, so he just didn't see like, look, you know, it was like looking, it was just too much for him. He's like, he's just keep on standing in faith for the Lord. Long story short, we must start with a sermon. We pray for him. And the third time God heals him completely. There are streams walking down his face as he keeps on going, this rach, this rach. So Jesus, Jesus did a healing. Did I heal him? Did I do anything miraculous? Now I lifted up my hand, quickly lift up your hand. And then you put it on your forehead and just say, be healed in Jesus' name. Was that difficult for anyone? Was it even near impossible? No, it's possible for us to lift up a hand and put it somewhere. It's possible for us to speak with our mouth. But because we do it by faith in Jesus, he comes and he does a miracle. And there are people in your and my life waiting for us to believe what the word says for God to do it. And there's sometimes I pray for people and they don't get healed at all. <laughs> and that's frustrating. But I'm just like, Lord, I don't know what's wrong. It's not by you. So wherever it is, fix it. But um, people need to get healed and I need to be urgent about it. I cannot be, we cannot become familiar. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is holy. That's why good deeds will never get us there. Somebody phones me in the week going, please do you have advice for me? Like, how do I answer the question like Gandhi, who did amazing things? How do I explain to somebody that unless you know, Jesus was his savior, he didn't, he's forever now tortured in hell. And I said, I think what it boils down to is the enemy wants us to believe that good people will receive from God. Good people go to heaven. But it, with God, it's not good and bad. God is holy. Only the blood of Jesus makes us holy. So how exciting that God is waiting, the world is waiting on you and me to say yes to the holiness of God because of the blood of Jesus by faith repenting so that they can receive the same and more. Amen. Jesus, thank you for what you want to do tonight, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, just for your presence here. It's so awesome. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Quick note. I have to share this with you. Apologetics 101, because this is, this trend, this is, getting, this is increasing, this trend. So I'm just going to give you the answer. I'm not going to start with a little sermon so you can journey with me because we have to go faster. If you say you believe in Jesus, but not in his word, you don't believe in the Jesus from the word. I'm just going to apologize. Apologies. I just want to also do an Afrikaans. As jy in Jesus gloe, maar nie in sy woord nie, gloe jy nie in die Jesus van die woord nie. So you guys, um, God's word is the only, only truth there is, and, and Jesus is the word made manifest. It, it's the word in flesh form and now in spirit form. So Satan knows the only way to holiness, the only way to reconciliation with him is through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the word that's full of encouragement, direction, rebuking, like <laughs> instruction, love and affirmation. And in this world, it's just becoming increasingly trendy to go, I love Jesus, but I don't do the word thing or church thing. Um, if, yeah, that's like saying, I love your head, Marie. Please, will you marry me? But the rest of you are like, no, really. Ugh. 
Oh, high five for you on your foot walk, my friend, on your way out. Um, but we do that with God. We're like, God, we know your head and everything's perfect, but your body has disappointed me. Your body, oh, he says I'm going down in age. Dan, now he says I look 25. Amen, that's good preaching. So, because Satan knows the power and the healing and the transformation that will happen in your life when you say yes to an imperfect body that is connected to a perfect head, God, King, and Father. And we need to put up a fight, you and myself, we need to put up a fight to keep on saying yes to that body, which is sometimes going to be awesome and sometimes going to be not so awesome, because that's the only one Jesus is coming back for, is his body, is the pride. And now, so it's important, you guys, we cannot be deceived because the world keeps on wanting to tell us head is fine and not the body so we can slip away and just be crushed because isolation, the enemy will just get you so much quicker. So now the thing is, now that, uh, that's been around for a while, but recently I keep on picking up people going like, love Jesus, but not like his word so much. That's not the Jesus of the word that you are talking about or serving. Like, listen, Satan doesn't have, he doesn't worry, he doesn't make, like, pretending to, he loves, like, twisting things, perverting things, making stuff up. Like, Satan can't create. The only one whose name is creator is God. But Satan comes, he twists, and he perverts. Um, example, once I had a dream, and in my dream, God speaks to me a lot in dreams, he uses me in dreams to do stuff. So in this dream, there's this demon coming to me, and I see it, and in the dream, I go, Jesus, like, I cry out to Jesus, and I command his name, because it's a name above all names. And then the demon, this thing, this whole heart in the dream, it didn't say like words, but I just, I experienced it going like this. And then I went, not you! the real Jesus, and I remember the disappointment, so I was like, and that morning I went to a church, and they was like preaching on something, I still went to them, because they were speaking also about who's the true Jesus, only the Jesus of the word is the true Jesus, and Satan doesn't mind us following a Jesus who's not the Jesus Christ from Nazareth that's in the word that says, if you want to live, you need to die, die to your desires, and die to your flesh, die to your opinion, wanting to make it above others, so I've got a question. When you're in a really tough spot or a tough situation, like, what do we do? So I'm going to nutshell this. There's a few things we can do when something's not right, when um, anything that's really a tough situation, it's uncomfortable, you're praying about it, thinking about it. There's a few things we can do. We can um, either go sherbet, the unforgiveness in my heart is the issue. I must, like, forgive them, hey? Sometimes that's the key. Sometimes it's to rebuke. Sometimes something keeps on, like, your car is trouble and trouble and trouble, and the people keep on saying, there's nothing wrong with your car. Then you need to be just like, oh, Jesus, but whatever the issue is, I just rebuke it in Jesus' name. A random example, because this happened to me. Um, and then the car was fine. After two people said they can't find a fault, they just want to be honest with me. And it's men. So it's like, it's a man, and this girl, hey, help me, my car. And he's like, we'll sort it out, we'll sort it out. And then I come back, and they're like, to be honest, I don't know. Two different people. And so Holy Spirit shows me in a second dream, like stuff, <laughs> like, like, like little people, like or bro, bro, not little people, people that are young, breaking into my car, stealing stuff. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm so slow. You, this is the second dream you had to give me to catch on. So I rebuked it, and there was no issues again until I sold it six years later. But the point is just, 
sometimes we need to take authority over something because the word says, speak to the mountain, it will move. We need to take the authority, not ours, not the church's, Jesus' authority. Sometimes it's forgiveness in our heart. We need to forgive. That's why there's still issues. Um, sometimes it's uh, repenting and turning away from a, a lie that we believe. Um, sometimes it's just going like, Holy Spirit, I don't know. Please teach me <laughs> what to pray. The point is just, when things aren't right, when you're going through a tough time, the Holy Spirit knows what is the answer. He is the answer. He's the one encouraging you while he, on the other side, taking your hand, saying, this is the way to go, while he, God himself, by his Spirit, is at the back encouraging you. So he is the answer. So, and, and then we worship. If <laughs> all else fails, and while all else is failing, and even if everything is going great, we worship. Because when we worship, things that aren't right needs to get right because the truth will set us free. So when I worship God, I just come back into alignment with me being under his cover, with me being in awe of his glory and his might. So the matter, the tough time, situation, circumstance, worship is one of the keys that we always apply. And a lot of us know this, but so this is just a small background because now I want to ask you another question. Um, well, it's not a question. I, I want to say something. Sometimes the difficult situation is not the challenge. Whether my perspective of the challenging season or time or situation, whether my perce perce perception is godly or not, is the problem or not the problem. Let's say I'm swimming in the ocean, a, a hectic tide comes and it takes me away. So I start drowning. I'm really far from the... Um, I almost said the ashes, and then I almost went, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so the lifeguards, palikis. And um, so you're far from them, and you're starting to sink, and you're getting really tired. So it's a lot of salt water. You're dehydrated. You're really tired. You're starting to sink. And then by a miracle, a life jacket comes floating by. But I'm like, dear my God, I'm confused, I'm dehydrated, the sun is shining, it's been a while. I see it, and my first thought is, it's like something hectic coming towards me to eat me. So now my, in my situationship, I'm like trying to get her away from it. Was the problem in that moment that I was drowning? <laughs> no. My perception of the situation was the problem. I didn't see it for what it is. I couldn't reach out and just take it. Let's say while this is happening, a freaky seagull comes and above me, going <coughs> like a like a harida cry situation. Oh man, yes, that's good. Um, and because I keep on looking up at it, this life jacket comes closer and closer, and I'm just so freaked out. I'm trying to figure out what's happening. What was the true problem there? Distraction. So you guys, Satan has been defeated. He cannot override your free will to say yes to God in his provision, in his healing, in everything that he already paid for when Jesus went, it is finished. But now Satan comes and he can distract us with fear, with distractions, with shame, whatever. That's a long list. It's just, it's just a whole bunch of stuff that will keep our eyes of the answer, who is Jesus. So there's a place where we need to start going to one another, listening and hearing out their heart, but just going like, instead of going, oh, shame, everything will be fine, but you, you haven't even finished listening <laughs> to their stories. Sometimes that's really hurtful if you're vulnerable and somebody starts saying everything is fine and you realize they haven't even finished <laughs> listening to what they're saying because this is the thing. 
sometimes we're really overwhelmed and vulnerable. It's difficult for us to perceive what's going on. That's why God made the body. That's why when somebody shares with us, we can go, Holy Spirit, what's your heart? What's the answer in this situation? What's the comfort? Maybe it's not answer. Maybe it's a comfort, a comforting word. What, what's the, what's the um, encouragement in this situation? We can ask him. Because sometimes God is through you. Somebody that's got busy thinking. He just wants to encourage them long enough till their eyes open up to see that life jacket and take it. Because in that moment, they just, wanted to, they just needed to hear from somebody. You are still so loved. And you are not alone. I know you feel alone. But, and it's Satan's job to tell you the whole time you're alone. But you're not. God loves you and I love you. Those words have immense power. Ask somebody that's vulnerable that I've heard those words when they are vulnerable. So I want to talk to us about perspective. That does, that's not right. Perspection. Perception and perspective. Perspection. Yes. Um, perception. So, so sometimes the key, the issue is not unforgiveness. Sometimes it's not like me not repenting yet or not rebuking or like cutting a bloodline or whatever. It's like sometimes it's just we need the Holy Spirit to go, this looks like it's the problem, but what's the actual problem? Is it maybe my attitude? Am I struggling with thankfulness? Ooh, self-pity hates that line. Me, me, me. And then Holy Spirit's like, Marit, are you thankful? I'm like, what? Don't offend me, Lord. Like, you already, I'm crying because it's so erg, and now you're telling me. So you guys, thankfulness is a very large key for us to have godly perception of what's going on. It really opens up our eyes immediately to see with heavenly perspective, um, to see that life jacket, to see that boat coming around going, no, no, you can go on. I'm waiting for the thing that God's going to send to help me. Yes, I'm here with a boat. I want to get you out. No, 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 it's fine. My expectation and hope is for a certain thing, and unless that, thing's, that thing comes, I'm not going to say yes. Hashtag, oops. Hashtag, we repent, Jesus. Humility, once again, will be a key in a situation like that. If your expectation was something very specific and God comes to provide in another way, humility keeps you from being deceived and blinded. Pride will go, I deserve an answer like this. Look at what I did for you year and year and year, Lord. Yes, deception. But, because pride, you know, brings us into deception, but um, humility will be like, oh God, I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful, I was hoping for this. Well, what this is, this can also make it work, thank you. Humility is always a key, guys. And then I want to get to this. Now, here's my true question for tonight. So, you have, there's a tough situation in your life. Tough season, whatever, it can be small, can be big, can be many things, can be one thing, it's not the point. It's really tough, and it's not turning. You've checked your attitude. You are thankful. You keep on worshiping God. You've checked, like, forgiveness. You've re-forgiven people, but there's nobody left. <laughs> You've checked repentance. You have repented of the things that God has shown you. You've tried all these things, and it's not changing. It's not changing. You tell God, I can't do it anymore. This is getting too tough. And the challenge just keeps on extending week after week, after month, after year. And you're like, Lord, my capacity finished, like, Last August, it's March, or whatever, like, I can't do it anymore. So this was Marie a short while ago. Um, so it was going really bad. It was like, you're the very direct translation. It was going really bad with me. <laughs> um, in any area imaginable. So work where I stay, income, 
because with my line of work, you can work 30 days and the income won't necessarily be enough, whatever. So I was just super challenged with work, income, with the, where's your family? Aren't you turning like 65 in 22 years? And um, what's the other one? Oh, relationally. So in each quadrant, like things were falling apart like hectically in a very short time in extreme ways. And I was just like, this was three months after I phoned my friend Sumina, who's with you in church, saying, you have to drive to me now. I can't, man, I can't. I can't even. Like praying, crying, what, what, what. Three months later, you know, the doubt, it goes, yeah. Anyway, and this, it continues for a short while, and um, which feels long then, but a few months is shorter when you look back now. And this is what Holy Spirit says to me, because I, I became confused. Because when you're very vulnerable and things aren't changing and you are walking in forgiveness, you are worshiping and whatever, and you're super vulnerable. Satan like comes for you when you want, when you are vulnerable. He comes extra with these lies, going. So maybe you didn't hear correctly. Maybe you're so out of line. You know that person that thinks you're out of line. Like maybe they're right. Oh, you missed God. Hey, Marit. Oh, by faith. But what are the fruits now? Hey, hey. Yeah, that cool testimony of 2016, 17, 18. But what does 2019 look like? And you're like, maybe. And you're like, Lord, what now? Um, very confused. I'm like, how do I teach these principles to people? And when I apply it, it does not work. Like, either I'm a liar or I'm deceived. For a few years already, I don't know what's going on. And this one day in this conversation, Holy Spirit says to me this. Jesus learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And the relief that came over me, I'm not deceived. I didn't miss God. Um, it's not like there's a sin that is just bigger than God. Like the sin can just like hide itself so well and the Holy Spirit's not able to reveal it. That's why I can't repent. Like all these things trying to tell us like you're in trouble and it's not going to change. And you know why? What's super profound? I hadn't heard or read that scripture in years. I, I knew the scripture well from a few years ago, but until the Holy Spirit dropped it into my spirit a few months ago, I hadn't in a while. And when I heard this, this, this relief that came over me, and I said to him, God, if Jesus, the Son of God, had to learn obedience through the things which he suffered, who am I to say that I am above things that break my heart for months and years at end? Who am I? I said, God, you are so worthy of anything that's, that I feel I can't do, and it doesn't change. You are still worthy of that. Jesus, this way of life is not beneath me. And the funny thing is, if Jesus is on the throne of your life, and you read this scripture in a tough time, you will feel relieved, because you're like, it's okay. There's not like a to kind of repent it's sin or this or that. You're like, it's okay. But if you, if you are on the throne of your life, and you read that, that will offend you. <laughs> so it's Hebrews 5, 8, where it says, um, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And let's look at the next scripture. It says, John 16, 33, ESV. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world... You might have, no, no, if you are off then, no, no, no. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. That's why when we surrender to him and things work out, he gets all the glory. When we surrender to him and things don't work out, 
he gets all the glory because he stays faithful whether I'm at the end of my situation or not, whether I'm at the outcome of the race yet or not, whether uh, Satan says to me, God's not faithful or not, God stays faithful. That's why one of the the keys is to worship, just to keep on saying, you are God, you are worthy, you are awesome, you are the beginning and the end, you made me, and then uh, us as human, we, we chose something else, Adam and Eve in the garden, but then God's like, I love you. I will send my son to become to become human because I gave authority to the earth to humans, and then Jesus became human. He took back that authority. He paid the price. So God's heart is for you, no matter what's going on right now. He is good. He is big, and He is for you. And we can just keep on worshiping Him because that is something that's going to put petrol in our tank to keep on going until we get to that end prize where we get through. We get through, and it's over, and it's over, and it's just the glory and the love of the Father is all we're going to know then. So to worship him is something that puts petrol in our tank. If we look at Romans 5, verse 1 to 5, ESV, it says, Therefore, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access, again, by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoiced in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, what he but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. What are we running? A race. So suffering produces endurance. So now we start rejoicing during the suffering because we're like, I need petrol in my tank to finish the race because God said it's not about who starts the race. It's about who finishes. Because we have freedom of choice. Anytime you or myself want to walk away from God, we can but God says, I will put together circ- certain circumstances that if you say yes to that, you will continuously get petrol in your tank, petrol in your tank, petrol in your tank, because I want you to finish the race, because I want you with me. Verse 3, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. And get this, character produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So yes, we worship because God is worthy, but also we worship because it's literally going to come and become petrol in our tank in tough times when we just keep on praising Jesus, whether we understand how it's going to work out or whether it works out ever or not. We need to decide who's on the throne of my life. Is it Lord, if you answer all my prayers, you will be on the throne of my life. Or is it Jesus, whether you answer no prayer of mine ever again, you're on the throne because you are the God of my life. And that's a decision we have to make the whole time. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of sitting on the throne of your life? Because have you ever seen a throne with a king sharing it with somebody else? Oh, Mars again. So here's the throne, and then somebody goes, yeah, no, I'll share the seat with you. <laughs> you can't share it. The enemy doesn't mind you believing that you are just sharing. I'm just giving a little bit. It's just a little bit more about me than what it was. Just a little bit more about my dreams than what it was yesterday. Just a tiny bit, God. Surely you won't mind. That's just where it starts. Compromise is the beginning of a downward spiral. (laughs) Compromise 
It's the beginning of a downward spiral. So the whole time, every day, we have got this choice going like, who's on the throne of my life? It cannot be shared. So sometimes, you guys, when I get overwhelmed with stuff and when I struggle with fear, you struggle with fear, you're like, okay, authority, we must rebuke it, take authority. Yes, 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 fear, go away in Jesus' name. You, what, 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 That's good. There's a place for that, definitely. But sometimes, you know what I do? I ask myself, if I was walking in the fear of Lord, of the Lord, would any of these even remotely try and get on the throne of my heart? So instead of rebuking, I just start repenting then. Because I take away all legal right for those fears. Every time I go, Lord, I fear you. I choose to fear you. You are God. I have no other desire to be liked or wanted by any man or woman or church or organization or Kaknet who I audition for or whatever. My desire is to be wanted by you. And that's a choice we have to make continuously. What's your number one desire? Who is Lord of your life? Who do you fear? So the question is, is he worthy of your life? Is he worthy of your life? And sometimes, um, I was sharing this with Stefan at our friend's wedding. So sometimes you will go through a season where you where it's really dark and lonely. <laughs> and it's not because you sinned or this or that. Okay, sometimes when I make stupid decisions... Things will, it will not be lacking in my life. And that's not because God is, like, teaching me character. That's just, I sowed stupidity. I'm reaping, like, I sowed ungodliness. I will reap ungodliness. Okay, so I'm not talking about that. Note that. I'm talking about the desert season where Jesus did nothing wrong. In fact, he was faithful for 30 years. And then God was like, he gets baptized. If you haven't been baptized, you need to. God wants to come and set you free from even more things. And obedience to God always puts amazing fruits in our life. So after you have given your life to Jesus, you need to be baptized. Why do I say so? Because God says so in the word. Um, but go read about it. And then you say like, Lord, show me why am I struggling with this? It's in Romans 6. Okay. So Jesus gets baptized. Jesus, perfect Jesus gets baptized. I'm like, Jesus, if you're the example, you get baptized. I want to get baptized. After that, where does he go? To the desert for 40 days with Satan. Keep on taunting him, taunting him, taunting him. Is it because he has an open door or a stinky attitude? No, no, no. Sometimes those tough times, you know, we rejoice in those tough times. We stick to God because it produces character and hope and it puts petrol in our tank and it grows us to that place of authority and walking with God in authority. But now, sometimes the desert season when you're a baby Christian, it's just for a day. Like sometimes for a day or for a week, it'll be tough. You know? And then you just need to stick to what did God say? Like whether everything's going great or not, you have to stick to it. But recently in that time where I told you it was going really horrible with me, I started um, getting fearful and confused with regards to me and God. Like what's true, what's a lie, what's going on? And then finally, after a very longer, lo- much longer time than previously, was like me walking in a dark corridor just by faith. Because a while back God said, keep on walking here. So now I'm walking. And then the lights go on. And I go, yeah, here's Jesus. I'm completely in line with what he's been calling me the whole time. Oh, perspective. And I'm like, oh, God, you wanted to increase my capacity to, by faith, follow you, to know you. Swim, Yanni, swim. So they're also busy with the race, encouraging the little ones. You keep on running till you meet Jesus. Amen. So now in that corridor, and maybe this is for one person, then I want to share it with you. And maybe this is for your, your next season, then I want to tell you. There will be times in our life where it's tough and you're not sure what's going on. And whether people agree with you or not, 
whether you received encouragement and affirmation from the Lord on that topic or not, you need to keep on walking because you know your father's voice and you're not going to turn. So when the lights went on, God gave me godly perspective of what was going on. I realized, oh, God wanted to increase my capacity to know him. Because you trust people more the more you know them. And God wants to know you. God wants to know me. So if I run five kilometers at a time, I'm not going to become fitter if I keep on running five. I have to go six, I have to go seven, I have to go eight. So sometimes in the spirit, like there will be times that are a little bit more tougher, but if you just keep on sticking to it, not only it's producing godly character, you are growing in intimacy with knowing the love of your life. Listen, Noah, he built that big boat before ever like there was any water falling from the sky. They didn't know what rain was. So do you think, like, let's say his pastor or his small group or people he looks up to, donkey chalk, comes walking up to him going, no, I don't agree. I don't see the fruits. No, Noah, you, you are struggling and you're building. I don't know, Noah, just come back to church. Now stop building this boat. Yes, we need to always be in the body. There's counsel in the wisdom of many. But sometimes God will just want our ability to obey his heart and his voice no matter what. He will want that to stretch and grow. So whether friends in this recent time had encouraged me or said, don't do it, still I had to choose like, Jesus, will I follow you above everything? So don't be deceived. Jesus is not going to tell you, oh, that man's wife is your wife. Nobody agrees with me, but like Mariette prayed, I must, you know, she preached, we must sometimes just keep on. No, no, obviously, I'm always referencing according to the word of God. Satan wants you to be deceived. He wants to twist stuff. He wants to use scripture out of context. That's what he did to Jesus. He kept on giving him scripture out of context, and then Jesus would just reply with scripture. So I want to say to you, um, is is your mind, Number one goal in life is it to know God, have him on the throne of my life, and have that outflow. Because if it is, we cannot become deceived by lots of other stuff, but we keep on after asking ourselves and one another, is he worthy of my life? Or has other things become starting to share the throne of my life? In Luke 10, verse 25 to 28, um, And behold, a lawyer stood up and put it um, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? You guys, you know what eternal life is? Eternal life is instead of being tortured by Satan every moment of your life for eternity, instead of that, you are reconciled with the love of the Father forever. Sometimes we grow familiar with what it is to be saved. And then we lose our urgency to say, Thank you to God for my salvation and I lose my urgency to have a desire to point other people to salvation. But we need to repent when we become familiar with the word and the truth of God. 26, he said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And so he said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. So the question is, are we loving God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength? Because it's everything or nothing with the Lord. And Satan doesn't mind getting 1% of that throne. You start living for 1% something else in the glory of knowing God. Because 1% 
can become 2%, can become 3 can become 60%, can become 100%. 0% can't increase. Like if it's zero, it's zero. You can't, like, if you're not in, you're not in. But it, like, he wants that foot at the door. So we need to go, Lord, show me all the areas in my heart where I've started to compromise, even if it's a small part, because I don't want it to increase. I want the fear of the Lord and the fruits of my life to increase, just getting more of people to you, Jesus. So the freedom that comes um, from surrendering to Christ, it's actually not that place of, oh, I'm like dying to self to die. It's dying to live. You're not dying to self to die. You are dying to live. Let's look at Philippians 2.21. For me to live is Christ and to die is a gain. To live is Christ, to die is a gain. So if I live so freely for Christ that I do not have fear of death, because it's just going to be a bonus, I'll get to him quicker. I am free. I am free. So dying to self, it's bringing us freedom. Do you have freedom in your life? Do I have freedom in my life? Are there areas where God wants to set you free tonight? That's why we are here, to be set free, because Jesus already paid that perfect price for us for freedom. And you know what's going to be the fruits of us be getting freer in our hearts? Other people are going to get to know Jesus. Who wants other pe people to get to know Jesus because of your life? Me, that's me. Okay. So, Last, um, I'm speeding it up here, time police. No, I'm joking, he wasn't, he wasn't nasty. Um, I want to quickly share uh, the two last things and we're going to go over to ministry. So I want to give us examples of people who were walking in, in freedom, who, who had a life where that throne was completely filled up with Jesus Christ, was on the throne of their life. I want to give you testimonies, because testimonies inspire and encourage us. Let's start with Daniel and his friends. Daniel 3, 16 to 49, ESV. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Respectively, they are speaking. They don't have a stinky attitude. We, we stay godly, you guys even when the ungodly and the people that are hurt starts being funky to us. Because you don't know if that's part of the testimony of their salvation. When somebody's super rude for the hundredth time in the same area. When you hit a person, when you've hit them a hundred times, it's much more so than somebody like bumping into you by accident. So those people closer to us, when they hurt us, when we stay in fear of God in the way they on we answer them, Miracles can happen. Listen to this. O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this. If this be so, if you want to throw me into a fire because I do not want to serve anybody else than Jesus, if this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. So respectfully, look at me. Don't look at that thing. I just want to quickly tell you. Look at this people's faith. They were like... Like modern, a lot of people now, they're going to lose their jobs if they don't like disagree with certain scriptures. Just read the news, then you will like be enlightened. So now, um, people are saying like, you're going to lose your job. Like we, we struggle to relate to Daniel because we're like, in the old days there was fire. But today we've got, you will have no income. So you and your wife and kids will not have food, will not have this, will not have that. So it changes. So we need to just be sober and be like, like, 
this is still what is in front of you and mine. Whether it's like tomorrow or now in 10 years' time, we need to the whole time go like, will I bow down to this world or to Jesus? There's nothing in between. It's either God or Satan, whether you call it the world or this religion or that one. Jesus says, you for me or you're against me. There's nothing else. So now they say like, if you bow down to Jesus, if you keep on bowing down, we will torture you with flames until you die. So now the question goes, okay, my wife and kids, um, my this, my that, you know? It doesn't start with you. I mean, I've heard somebody that I love going if they're to choose between denying Jesus and saving their kid's life. They would consider denying Jesus, but that's just because Satan dece- is deceiving them. God will open up their eyes because eternity, toasting and just like crying out to Jesus and there's no salvation for you from there, it's over. It's called hell. That's, that's very long and that's very hectic. So now... They, they have such faith, they, like God is on the whole throne of their life. They're not sharing it. So there's no other option. They either bow to Jesus or they don't bow at all. But they will not bow to a foreign God. So that's amazing. Point number one, there's three points. Point number two, their faith in God's goodness is so extreme, it's so firm that they say, even if you throw me in, he will save me. But that's not the point I want him to make at all. Here it comes. Here's number three. Verse 18. The second line from the bottom in the middle-ish. They say, God will deliver us out of your hand, O king. He cometh. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. He's saying, throw me into the fire, God will save me. But even if he doesn't save me, you can throw me in because God alone is worthy of my life. He alone is worthy of my life. I will only bow to him. So you can, you can take everything. God alone is worthy. So that's why in the beginning I asked, is he worthy? We know the Bible school answer. It's always yes. The question is, are you, yourself and myself, are we living a life with fruits showing that Jesus alone is on the f- throne of your heart, of your life? And this is such good news to us tonight. You know why? The only way he gets on the throne is when he helps us. <laughs> I can't serve God unless he comes to love me first, unless he comes to open my eyes. That's why he gets all the glory. That's why in the worship, Holy Spirit was saying, go and sing over them. My love for them as a little baby, I pick them up, I press them against my chest. Because unless we understand that God loves us so, it's going to be difficult to respond to that love going, you're this love, sets me free. Otherwise, it's just intellectual knowledge. So you'll try because it's the right thing to do and it won't last. But the more we say yes to God, to knowing him, Yes, to knowing him as the lover of our soul, as my father, as my God. From that place of dying to self, from that place of fearing him, there's a freedom that comes. And it looks like boldness, but it's a freedom. Daniel's friends, they weren't like psyching themselves up, thinking, oh, he's not worthy, but it's the right thing to do. No, he was just so full (laughs) inhabiting the thrones of their heart. So Romans 5, 1 to 8, like, that's a scripture we need to go and meditate on if you want to. There's also an amazing sermon that my friend did on that scripture, and you can go to. <laughs> no, don't. You're so cute. God loves family. So always when I see family in church, I'm like, Holy Spirit, what do you want to tell me? 
And then God starts like ministering. Because you know, sometimes in worship, there's something your heart wants to jump up and down. And what you do is this. Because we struggle with freedom. What would it look like if I, if I worship God fully? Awesome testimony about that last week. And then oftentimes, oh, well, um, there's a child in church. You can try it. I'll be like, Lord, teach me something. And then often Holy Spirit will go, look at that baby. He feels like sitting down now. He doesn't have fear of people saying funny things. He'll just go sit down in the worship. Oh, the baby, they always want to go to the drums. Um, he doesn't have a fear of this and that. Um, my friend, um, the baby, Nara, um, Gavin Stoffmer, so the baby will run, and then he checks out his papa coming from behind because he knows before he's in trouble or before he, dad will come and pick him up. But when he sees drums, when he sees something that excites him, he starts running because this little boy lives in such freedom because of this relationship that he has with his father. And we are the same. God has this desire for us to run towards and for the things that he's placed in your heart, at the workplace, on jo go Josie Streets, whatever. And because of trusting him, I run in abundance. Not, I not because of trusting in my discernment and my ability. Because of trusting, knowing, like, you, my father is with me. We're a team. And if I miss something, he will come and scoop me up. So that place of being so in awe of his might and his ability sets us free to run for him. And I want to end off with this. You guys can please stand with me as the worship team comes up. Um, I also just feel in my heart um, to tell you that each one of you here tonight, I literally felt the Holy Spirit say, I must say this to you, and you're going to say it to each other just now. Um, each one of you to here tonight, if you can hear my voice, I need you to hear this. You are extra welcome here tonight. I felt him say, you need to say that. So would you turn to anybody here that you know or don't know and tell them you are extra welcome here tonight? Because feeling unwelcome, feeling unwelcome or the other word for feeling unwel unwelcome is rejection. It's just one of a, that long list to distract you from receiving the love of the Father who, what, that sets you free. So just know if you struggle in church to go feel welcome, you can just tell that thing to go under Jesus' feet because he prayed for it because you are always welcome wherever your Father is and everything belongs to the Father. Hallelujah. So, Ruan Janse van Rensberg, I've said this in the past, but I just quickly want to share this testimony again. Um, he's a rugby player. Some of you will know him. They broke into his house when him, his girlfriend, and a friend were watching movies, and um, they tied them up and um, stole a lot of stuff, put it in his car, and then drove off. Um, so they, his friends are tied up, and they are driving away with him. And they discuss amongst another, they discuss amongst another that um, he has seen them now too much and too properly, like the people that are behind haven't seen their faces that well. He's seen them now for quite a while. So maybe at a stage when they, you know, far away from town and its rural area, they must rather kill him so that he does not, you know, give them away. So he listens to them discussing how they're going to kill him. So as they drive, they pull over the car, his car, with his stuff in it, and they get out. Um, and now they're ready <laughs> to take his life. So you know what he asks them? He, I actually asked them a question. He stands there and he says, before you shoot me, is there anything 
that I can pray for for you. And they drive off and they leave him. I don't think Daniel's friends were necessarily super duper bold. I think they were free. I think for them to live as Christ and to die as gain. And the fruits just showed it. So my question is, is he worthy of you and my life? Or is there certain areas, if that had to struggle like that, shame would be too much. You'd rather like not worship him in that area. And it's a daily thing. I've got really cool testimonies of not having a fixed address and fixed work. I've got like really cool testimonies of people's getting, um, people getting pregnant that medically couldn't get pregnant, people getting saved, people getting spiritual that were drinking alcohol 11 o'clock in the morning outside Spot in Melbourne. All these testimonies. And guess what? Satan still comes with shame, still with fear, and still I need to choose who will be on the throne of Marie Globsch's heart. Will my number one goal and dream be to know God and point people to him, or will it be something else? And that's a continual thing. And while I'm, while I'm sharing that, it's just to encourage you to say, if you need con- encouragement after two sec- seconds, good job, it means you're alive. So that's why we come here. That's why we go to small group. That's why we have coffee with people. That's why when we have time with other people, be urgent about asking them, how is it going with your desire to know the king? Because from there, miracles will happen and people will drive off and this Ruan Janssen van Reesburg and Daniel, like testimonies. That will just continue and, and, and set other people free. So let's close our eyes. Yeah, Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, God. That you don't only want to know us, God. You don't only want to know us. You want to adventure with us. You want to build your house. You want to let the kingdom of heaven come down with and through us. And you ask us to give this 1% by faith. And then you come and you bring the 99% and miracles happen. Yo, thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your heart for every person here. If you are here today and you realize that you know what I'm saying is true, but you have never said yes to, to be born again into the kingdom of heaven by the blood of Jesus, to allow God to pick you up as a baby, scoop you up into his arms, presses his, your, your head, your ears against his chest to hear his voice. And then I want to give you an opportunity to say to, that, to God, if maybe you've known that, but you realize tonight that your heart has, have, has become distracted and, and cold, even if it's just in certain areas, and you want to say again, no, tonight, I just want to, I want to give the whole of my throne back to Jesus. The whole of the throne of my life, of my heart, I want to give back to Jesus. Then we want to pray with you. If you are here tonight and you just realize that you struggle with so many, so many fears, you've got, you've got, you know, fear, um, you struggle to sleep, you struggle to, to drive to your work because you think something's going to happen. You've got fears of something happening to your loved one. If there, there are fears that are keeping you from fearing the Lord, God wants to set you free. You're not going to set you free. I'm not going to set you free. God wants to set you free. So the good news is tonight, God wants to set you free. God wants to love on you. And God wants your heart to be full of hope, not because you're a good this or that, but because you come to him. I called, you answered, is what we say. And tonight, God is waiting with answers from heaven. He's waiting for you to call.
So if that's you, if there's anything tonight that you want to respond to that I just said, would you please come to the front and also the facilitators, if you can also just start coming to the front. If you want to respond tonight going like, Lord, I want to recommit the whole of my throne. When you realize "Mm, if it's a 1% or 90%, doesn't matter. It's everything or nothing. So you realize tonight that there's areas that you want to give it back to God saying, I give it all. All of the throne belongs to you. Come to the throne. Thank you for those coming. If there's anybody else, don't listen to Satan who wants you to um, care more about what people think about you than Jesus because then you're in trouble. God has set you free. He's good. He loves you so much. You can come to the front if you want to. You can stay at the back if you want to. This place is free because Jesus is here and he loves you. If you are here tonight and you've never made that full-on decision to give everything, like you're a Christian, you love Jesus, but you've never said all of it is yours. Here's a blank check. No matter what you fill in, no matter what it will cost to follow you, I serve you. It's called surrendering. If you've never made that decision, come tonight to the front and say, God, I want to I wanna do that. And if you like me, the first time I heard that, I was too fearful. There, were, there was one thing that I just couldn't give up to God. And then the pastor said, if you want to live a life where it's like blank check, God can fill in whatever it costs you will serve him, but you're too fearful, you can't. That's fine. Then you just go, Lord, here I am grow me to that place. (laughs) And then God journeys and he grows us to that place. If you are here and you've got any sickness in your body, God wants to heal you tonight like he did last week and the week before that, the whole time every day people get healed. We don't necessarily hear all the testimonies because we follow people that are broken on social media um, and we can also follow people that share testimonies the whole time. So we've got a choice. But if you want to come to the front, so any prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Any need that you have. Y'all, we love you. God loves you. So if the facilitators, if you can please go to the people that have responded and you can start praying with them. You can just start asking them, listen, um, what are you responding for? I want to pray with you. Um, and just before we do that, I just y'all want to do a, a blanket prayer over us um, of just coming back to the heart of surrendering everything and saying yes to his love so I'm going to pray lead us in prayer and then you can respond and while I'm talking and while we're praying you can still come to the front you can come to the front just now later also okay here we go dear Lord Jesus okay so I'm going to pray and then you guys all of us we're all going to pray together if you want to you can just be quiet also if you want to okay dear Lord Jesus thank you that you loved me first Thank you that you want to set me free. I bring my heart and I surrender it to you, God. I'm sorry, Lord, for sometimes sitting on the throne of my life. I repent for that in Jesus' name. And I say, Lord, come and sit on the throne of my life. Have everything, the whole throne. I don't want to hold on to 1%. (laughs) I want to give it all to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the one that enables me to follow God. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness as I repent in Jesus' name. Thank you for freedom. Lord, I repent for not fearing your name. But tonight I say, I fear you, Jesus. I love you, God. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords. I want to live with you and I want to live for you. And I want many to know you. 
because I knew you. Thank you, God, for this adventure of surrendering everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.